0: Welcome to Roll Calling, a podcast about actors we love and the movies we love them in. I'm Caroline Sita, a film and TV critic for the A.V. Club.
1: And I'm Ned Baker, a filmmaker and an actor.
0: And we both presumably want to be millionaires, although maybe that will be a subject yeah, be let me, for us. Yeah, let me take
1: that again. And I'm Ned Baker, a <laughs> filmmaker, actor, and future millionaire.
0: Yeah, baby. So the way this podcast works is that Ned and I take turns curating a five-film miniseries starring an actor we love. And Ned, before we took a little break to do our In the Heights bonus episode, we had just wrapped up your Emily Blunt series. And I realized I hadn't actually asked you, how was that experience hosting your first miniseries?
1: Oh, uh, I felt very positively about it. Me too. I went in not knowing exactly if there would be sort of an arc or a theme because I didn't, I really liked Emily Blunt, but I didn't feel like I had a totally clear idea I didn't feel like I had a firm grip on like what she was and represented. And maybe I still don't. But now I feel like we've really dug into what made a couple of her perform- performances really great and what uh, made a couple of her movies really awesome or not awesome. And those were all fun conversations to have.
0: And I'm excited to have similar conversations about the subject of our next miniseries. Uh, the actor that is my choice now that I'm back in the hosting chair, Mr. Dev Patel. We know him. We love him near and dear to I'm just assuming everyone's hearts I'm putting my opinions on Dev onto the whole world because how could you not like him
1: you know him you love him
0: even more important than Dev I would say is our special guest that we have this week he's a writer he's the host of two podcasts queer now and a pod to be you both great listens. He's also a great follow on Twitter. He's Manish Mathur. Welcome to the show, Manish. Hi, thanks so much for
2: having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: We are thrilled to have you. We are kicking off our dev series by looking at his breakout performance in Danny Boyle's 2008 Oscar winning smash hit success, dare I say, like cultural sensation, if we can all put our minds back into 2008, Slumdog Millionaire. Um, which I'm very excited to talk to both of you about, but Manish, before we get into that, I'm curious, what are your, your general thoughts on Dev? How, how are your, what's your relationship like to Dev Patel? Um, we're best
2: friends, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if, only. if only. I know, if only. Uh, you know, it's like, he's one of those um, South Asian kind of actors who kind of crossed over and are like famous, and I just have a, like, I just have a lot of affection for all of them, like, Kamil Nanjiani, Riz Ahmed, Naveen Andrews, Kunal Nair, I mean, you know, I just, I have a lot of affection for them just because they're South Asian guys, they're doing it, you know, they've become household names, they've done a lot of really great things. Uh, Dev Patel, I, I really, I like him a lot as an actor. Um, I think he has this quality where he's both, like, super sexy, super hot, um, mm-hmm. and, like like, very dreamy, but he's also, like, just, like, kind of, like, charming and cute and nice, you know, like, he does that... He does both of those really well. And, um, he comes across so like, I don't know, relatable in interviews. Mm-hmm. Like he just seems so funny. And, um, I mean, a lot of that, I feel like that's true of a lot of sort of British actors, right? They just like, they're just so good at being like stars. <laughs> uh, they're very charming. You know, you, um, you guys mentioned this on the Emily Blunt series and just like how good she is at like the talk show thing. And I think he's the same. Like he just has like a really, um, like, a really witty personality, and, uh, i I really like him as an actor, too. Uh, I really like his performances, um, in Song like, Millionaire, Lion, uh, Skins from, like, way back when, mm-hmm. um, just, oh. like, even, uh, what was that math movie he did, like, the man who just yeah. added to Infinity? Infinity like, I liked which in that I've
0: never one. seen, but I'm curious, I, maybe I'll check that out over the course of the Yeah, series. like, I think
2: he's just, like, he just has a really good, um, like, sense of being really specific about his characters and really just has such charisma. I think, yeah, I'm a a big fan of his. I'm glad to see that he's, like, um, I'm glad to see he's, like, kind of becoming, like, a sex symbol in, like, a mainstream way. And uh, I'm really excited about The Green Knight coming out because I'm like, this Mm -hmm. could be, like, this could be another kind of, like, big breakthrough for him to even, like, get into that, like, A24 space, you know? So yeah. I'm just, I'm excited about his career. I'm always interested in
0: what he's doing, and I'm really just glad to be here to talk about him. Yay. Um, and Ned, what about you? What's your Dev Patel relationship? Uh, Are you uh, also best friends with him?
1: No, I just look at him sort of longingly <laughs> from across the cafeteria when he's having lunch with Manish. Um, no, uh, uh, I like Dev Patel a lot. I think I, I have not seen several of the films that we... ...have proposed to discuss this series. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of going to be more of a crash course for me. I mean, I have always enjoyed him in everything I've seen him in. I totally agree that he has a sort of a... It's interesting to see him slide into all of these protagonist roles. Particularly lately, like like iconic literary characters like, yeah. like David Copperfield or, or Sir Gawain. Because he has... A sort of like what's the word i'm looking for innocuous boy next door personality yes. that is totally maybe unassuming um he is a deeply expressive and relatable face and i think we we totally see that in slumdog millionaire mm-hmm. the way this this functions the way he, he functions as this a protagonist you are just i think rooting for passionately from start to finish but i i, I haven't seen that much of his work and i'm excited i think this would be a good learning experience for me
0: yeah so part of the reason well part of the reason we picked dev patel is because i love him but another part <laughs> yeah, is because the green sure. knight is coming out this summer and we were so that is what we're going to cover that at the end of the series is sort of the culmination of where yeah. dev is now but in yeah. terms of my relationship to dev i wish i was best friends with him but the way i think about his career is that there was the first half of his career was when i was fan casting him as spider-man and then all of a sudden I was fan casting him as James Bond. Like he had a yeah, real yeah. big transformative <laughs> moment where, like, there was a real Dev Patel glow up right around Lion, where it was like he became an an entirely different person. Yeah, yeah. But like a favorite for me, and in, in either mode, um, he's also one of those actors who, at least for you and me, Ned, he was he would have been in our year at school. Like I think he's literally like a month younger than you so I feel like oh yeah this is like my contemporary you know like this could be one of my friends and I think you both hit on that sort of boy next door quality that's so accurate I really went on a rabbit hole of watching interviews with him last night and he does have that thing that like she's all that thing where he's like Just vaguely nerdy enough that you could sort of trick yourself into being like, this is an accessible person and not a super hot, talented movie star that I could never, you know, be on the same level as. He has that approachability that is so charming to watch. I haven't seen the
1: interviews. I haven't seen much of his media stuff, which you two both clearly have. And I, you got to drop some links because I- I want to catch up.
0: The one thing that I do want to shout out is this actor-on-actor um, actor interview he did with Octavia Spencer when she was promoting Hidden Figures and he was promoting Lion. It mm-hmm. is so charming. The whole time she just keeps calling him Honey. She's like, oh, Honey, what a great question. And then he's speaking – He's like, seems to both have this talent crush on her but also like want him to be his mom but then also maybe is in love with her. Like The dynamic the whole time was so great. And they were just so kind and, like, sweet to each other. And I was, like, captivated by that entire <laughs> interview. So that's what I could recommend. Yeah, the I think I remember
2: seeing, I don't have the patience to, like, sit through the whole 45 minutes that those yeah. videos <laughs> are, but I think I've seen, like, clips that I remember being, like, um, just, like, exciting. Because I mean, like, two people that I love just, like, hear talk, just talking to each other and, like, having that kind of, like, dynamic of, like, we're kind of in love with each other and admire each <laughs> other. Yeah. Really charming. Definitely would recommend uh, that as well. Yeah,
1: that's okay, very cute. Yeah.
0: So before we get into Dev Patel in Beardy Lion mode, which is his current mode, we're flashing back to his really, I mean, his first big project, the thing that introduced him to the world, which is Slumdog Millionaire. Now, Manisha, we are throwing out potential movies you might want to join us for. You sort of hinted that you had a lot of thoughts on Slumdog Millionaire. So I'm curious about, you know, when you first saw this film, what you thought of it then, if anything has changed, what you think of it now yeah,
2: um, I saw this movie when it came out in theaters. It was kind of like this. Um, it felt like a cultural moment for, for South sure. Asians because, sure. like, a movie like about India hadn't really been in the mainstream, like, in that in this sense, for quite a while. Um, and uh, it was, but it was always kind of this thing where we were like, well, you know, it's Indian-ish, you know, because it's not really made by anyone that's British, except for the casting director. Loving Tundin, who they gave a co directing credit mm-hmm. to and then just kind of forgot about, I guess. Um, and, uh, but like, and none of the actors, like the majority, like Devital and Frida Pinto, they're not Indian, they're British. I've, I've, I'm not quite sure where Frida Pinto is from, but I don't think she's I think born she in She
0: might be yeah. from India, but yeah, Devital okay, is again, born that. in London. Um,
2: but, um, so it's kind of this thing where we're like, okay, you know, we'll see the, Slumdog just doesn't seem like a word that a lot of people like yeah. here. Um, it's definitely a very weird title, but it was exciting, you know, uh, to see it. And, um, I remember seeing it and, uh, it was like, must've been December 2008 or January 2009, like right around when it was a kind of like hitting and becoming this like huge thing, like for Western mainstream audiences. And, um, the memory that I have of seeing it, like, well, two specific memories. One is just being immediately turned off by the, like, uh porta potty part, you know, with mm-hmm. the, when he's getting the autograph. I'm just like... Horrifying. This is so, like... This is very... Like, I, I didn't know what... ai didn't know the word colonizer or, like, colonist was back then, but I was, like, retrospect, I'm like, this is such a colonist thing to put in a movie because it just... Mm-hmm. It reinforced so many things. So that was my main... That was my first memory of it. And the second one is, like, um, and the end credits, when J-Ho is playing and, you know, it's a big dance number, I'm kind of like, this doesn't feel like a Bollywood dance number at all, uh, but also, like, all these white people in this theater are, like, dancing and cheering and, like, leaving the theater on this, like, high. And it, it was just this, like, weird, like, uh, disassociative experience of, like, I, what's happening here? <laughs> like, because I saw it in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, so I, I don't think I was the only person color there, but, like, definitely majority is, like, Old white people from like you know that neighborhood of New York. Um, this is right by the Lincoln Center, by the Metropolitan Opera, so a very mm-hmm. like affluent white neighborhood. And it was just so it was just it was bizarre because I'm like, um, I think in retrospect, the feeling that I was feeling was like it was this movie felt like a way for non-Indians to experience like suffering of Indians and then kind of have this feel-good story and then leave on like a high note Mm -hmm. and um and it was just it's very strange because I'm like I was like at the time I couldn't articulate the problems I had with it just because I didn't have the like the words for it I didn't have the knowledge of it and and just being like okay well we'll see kind of what happens with this movie like it was already making money by then. i think it was already picking up a lot of precursor nominations so i was like i want to be excited for you know David Patel and Frida Pinto and you know Irfan Khan and Nil Kapoor like I, I want to be excited for them because like you know they're getting a lot of they're getting a lot of spotlight you know here in the west like i watched the SAG awards speech that Nil Kapoor gave mm-hmm. um, and I was like, this, guy, this is exciting, you know, to see, I mean, I know before, one of my favorite actors from when I was growing up, like, I idolized him, and uh, so I was like, excited to see him in a movie like this, and he's, I, I mean, when I watched it today, I thought he was fabulous, just as I thought back then, but there's just also, like, um, my whole thing was just like, yeah, but this is, like, such a, like, white British movie, like, behind the cameras." And so that's why all these, like, things that I felt really uncomfortable about just kind of led to, was kind of uh, coming from that. And when that, that's why, I think, like, that's why I felt so uneasy watching all these, like, white people dancing in the aisles, having, <laughs> I mean, like, okay, now we can kind of forget about India because, like, the slum dog won the top prize. Um, and But the funny thing is, like, I liked the movie back then, and I liked it today when I saw it, like... That's sort of what's really annoying about it is that, like, Danny Boyle's an excellent filmmaker. I like him a lot. Like, Steve Jobs and 27 Hours Train Spotting, uh, you know, A Lifeless Ordinary. Like, I like his work. So, uh, Trans even, I like. So I'm a fan of his. And I think the film is really well made, but there's, just, like, this, like, kind of, like, weird feeling in, like, the pit of my stomach of, like, I just, I, yeah. It also, it also makes me question, like, movies by other cultures that I like, that I'm like, am I, am I that, sure. like, Am I that ignorant about it, you know, or I'm like, oh, I love this movie, but like people actually don't, it doesn't really resonate with the culture it's depicting,
0: you know? Yeah. Well, you really can't overstate what a big cultural sensation this movie was in a very mainstream way. Like this was, I think it was nominated for 10 Oscars and, and wins eight, including Best Picture that year. It makes like 140 million domestic and something, 300 and something worldwide, like yeah Yeah, 378 million dollars worldwide so this was like for for a small little 15 million dollar budget film coming at a not super prestigious time in danny boyle's career like the degree to which i mean i i feel like i just remember jai ho being everywhere like that song became such a mainstream hit um
1: i remember hearing that and actually downloading it and putting on mix cds before (laughs) i ever went to go see the film sure completely
0: I'm sure I would it's have It's a good chat. Yeah, yeah, it is catchy. Um, but I I do I do think that I I wonder how this movie would be received if it came out today as yeah. well. Um, because and I'll just point to to myself as an example of this. I definitely my actually my main memory of this movie is that I'm pretty sure this was the first movie I went to see by myself in a theater. Oh, Which wow. now is how I see most of my theaters. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was a thing where we were in college. It, you know, it got an Oscar buzz. I was like, oh, I should see that. And no one, there was no one that I like specifically was going to ask. So I was like, I guess I'll just go see it. And yeah, and I actually don't remember having any strong thoughts on the f- on the movie itself either way. Like, I think I probably thought, oh yeah, that was cute, and then didn't really think about it mm-hmm. again. And I'm sure did not have the education or the vocabulary to even like question its presentation of India. I'm sure yeah. I just accepted it at face value. And then certainly rewatching it for this had much more of those questions you're raising of like, okay who is telling the story? What is the purpose in telling the story? Yes, just much more, (laughs) you know, and I think that also speaks to like where we as a culture are. I think we are, even if we have not taken as many strides as we should have since 2008, we have taken some. And I wonder if maybe there would have been a different reception to Slumdog if it had come out, you know more recently. This year?
1: I think there'd yeah. be a significantly, I would assume there'd be a significantly different reception. I sort of feel like it's, it's one of those movies that could kind of only happen within about the 15 year window when it does yeah, happen, yeah. because 15 years earlier, a film, at least of that budget coming from a studio like that, just certainly where we wouldn't have been made with, with people of color in the weeds, it, <laughs> it could only get that kind of financing if it mm-hmm. had white leads. Yeah, yeah. And then now 13 years later, it seems like well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kid myself. Honestly, it could still get made, but there would be, I think,
0: a much right, I mean, more... I guess Green Book won best picture, so maybe we shouldn't be <laughs> sure, patting yeah. ourselves on the back for it, how it, far but, we've really come. But there would be a much uh I think more
1: widespread reaction, as I'm sure as I'm sure there was at the time, but it didn't reach me. It didn't it didn't reach me as kind of a I don't know lively, ignorant, white high schooler. I think yeah. there'll be a louder, a louder, more widespread call for saying, like, how can you make this movie, as As you already sort of put it, Manish, like, yeah. about about Indian suffering from an entirely white British, I mean, literally like the whole relationship of English, like, England to India, and yeah. the... It's just, like, years and years after the technical fall just just a tiny little example of 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 which there are many but after the like technical end of colonialism it is still appropriate for a british filmmaker to tell a quote unquote indian story in a highly exoticized orientalist like i don't know i just like all all these shots of like smoke billowing through the streets that I'm like i don't know it just feels like it's all the jewel in the british crown far east imagery is yeah, still like yeah. pumped up
2: well um i was thinking a lot about um in the heights actually mm-hmm. and sure. thinking about um just like i i definitely think that this movie would have a very similar trajectory to in the Heights, which is like rapturous praise for like you know the first maybe like week or so uh before it reaches like the public and then like during that like Screen our time, I guess, or whatever. Um, but then, like, as soon as it comes out, it's like immediate backlash, and like you know, um, I feel like in the Heights, the helium kind of got out of the balloon a lot for that movie, and I think the same would happen with this movie, where it's just like almost immediately, I think people would have this sort of backlash to it, and um, you know, whether that would carry into box office or awards attention, I, I don't, I don't know. I think you know, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot of whether backlashes like that affect awards and box office. I mean, Mm -hmm. within the heights pretty much it did. Um, but I think something like green book or, you know, it doesn't. So who knows? Um, uh, although green book was not a box office hit. I think that's something that we should all remember because I think the narrative around that movie is that it made a lot of money, (laughs) which it did not. Um, uh, even after winning the Oscar. But yeah, so I think that like, um, you know, this movie also has that sort of, like, yellow, yellow-green yellow tint that, like, yeah. you know, that Soderbergh or, like, that 24, like, <laughs> totally. has when it shows, like, a rock or whatever. Right? And, yes. like, it's, it's so weird watching this movie. I mean, I saw this movie um, back in 2008-2009. I saw it last year because it was on HBO. And I was like, I haven't seen this movie in, like, 12 mm-hmm. years, so I should watch it again. So I'm like, maybe I'll love it. And I'll, all these things I'll just be, like, whatever about. Um, but they still bother me, though. And then I watch it today, but it's like so weird to watch it because like I don't think I even noticed that like tint back then. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I even noticed that tint in other movies and stuff until like last year or two years ago mm-hmm. when that, that started being something people talk about. But um and uh and it's just like a lot of the things that um the, a lot of the things that really stick out to me just seem like narrative choices that Sort of foreigners or outsiders would have about a story like this. Uh, But I will say that the movie for me got better as it went along. As it kind of left the like slums part and became just kind of a crime thriller. Um, Like I think the last act actually really worked really well for me, especially Mm -hmm. the like the the finale, you know, with the sort of last question. I thought that was really effective. I was like crying at the end of it. And I'm like,
0: this is so strange. Why am I
2: crying for this movie?
0: I felt exactly the same way and that I literally wrote in my notes. I'm mad at how much this is working on (laughs) me because I think intellectually I can say, here's some concerns I have, here's questions I have. And by the end, the way they're weaving it together and he's going to that train station and I was like, this is cooking with gas. Like there is something that is undeniable about the way this is put together as a crowd pleaser by the end. But that does sit very jarringly, especially with when you think about how dark particularly the beginning is, and it's like, is this the story that we want to, it's like a, it's like a movie that's on the one hand trying to be a like, quote unquote, sort of gritty and realistic look at life in a slum, but then yeah. it's also trying to be a feel good love story end with a dance number. Yeah, and I'm not sure that those two things are compatible with each other but the trick is that it ends with the happy one so by the by the time you're just watching Jai Ho you've like forgotten the start of the journey and you're just kind of and that like you're like you were saying like people dancing in the aisles because of this and when you think about some of the other imagery that's in the film it's like maybe this is not the movie that people should have been dancing in the aisles for by the end of it. I'd
1: forgotten about that scene in which his mother is killed in the anti-Muslim riots and just how fast they move past that as a kind of like an exciting jarringly shot scene of violence based in i assume like specific real incidents or but uh but it's just like it's just another detail on his journey towards yeah. winning 20 million rupees yeah yeah
2: just another like little anecdote <laughs> that helps yeah. him win this prize i'm sorry I, th- I think it's so funny like um how much the, the, how much this story kind of like is about like oh how does he know all these facts but i'm like doesn't he like learn useless trivia the way we all learn useless it's trivia It's just like things we just hear like
0: <laughs> i have the exact same question like just okay so to remind anyone who hasn't seen this movie since yeah. 2008 which i feel like is i do feel like this was a movie that was such a big deal but that you don't really hear that much about anymore no. so i'm sure yeah i had not really remembered the plot but basically We have Dev Patel playing Jamal, who's on, as it's framed, he's like one question away from winning the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show, and he is being tortured because they think that he's cheated and all of his answers. And then in order to explain how he hasn't cheated, he tells the story of his life and how sort of in this magical realism way, every question he's been asked sort of ties into the specific memory and is all sort of part of his magical journey to get back to his childhood um love latica played by frito pinto and we learn about his life in the slums with his brother and all these sort of little episodic adventures that they have but manisha had the exact same question they were like doctors and lawyers can't win this game and i was like this is just a trivia con like (laughs) anyone even a doctor that wins this is just because they happen to know about like which cricketer was the most like at the stats of a sports person this is not a game of
1: I will yeah, say they that they should pick
0: something else if they wanted the thing to be book smarts versus street smarts. Like, yeah, who wants to be a millionaire? It's just a crapshoot for anyone. <laughs> but it's
1: not. It's not. And I will say, I, I couldn't. I I didn't see this movie between theaters 2008 and this morning, and I would say that while I just had kind of like a general positive, positive to neutral feeling about it before. It is just a thing where what I liked about it has been accentuated more, and mm-hmm. what kind of felt a little weird to me, yeah. I had, I now have the terminology to recognize as, you know, being sort of exploitative, and right. as you say, like very, very much like a colonial viewpoint. But I would say that the structure of it, because it is essentially, it, when you, as you say, Caroline, it's almost magical realist. It's this idea of he's going to get them all because. You know, as the phrase they use in the film is, it is written. Because mm-hmm. he was just destined to follow this path and to have the answers and to end up with his lifelong love. And the idea of using Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with its, like, built-in... Like, I love the moment where she's running through the street to the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music, mm-hmm. which I've heard so many times as a TV game show. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, like, working as this overwrought, dramatic... So. Using that structure and just having it take us through his life and the things that are evidence, all of the things that are essentially evidence in this game show fraud procedural actually tell this sort of epic lifelong romance. I think, particularly because so many stories have to be ironic or feature ironic people, I always pick out these stories about heroes that are just heroes and you just want them to win and it's it feels like a like a much older kind of it feels like like a mythic story where mythic stories were just about heroes overcoming challenges not really about their flaws or development so i really enjoy that this is a modern movie about a guy who you just want to see succeed and he does and the two people who have been trying to find each other their whole lives, like, end up together. I I like those sorts of things, even though, as you say, it's predicated upon, like, an investigation of how he just <laughs> happens to know random facts, which is... which is Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I really agree with you. Like, um, I, I don't mind... I, I like the structure of, like, each question kind of being, a, like, recalling a memory. Like, that really... That's a, it's a good way to do this sort of, like, lifelong story about someone's, you know, life. The, I, I think the, fun, the thing that I find a little silly is that, like, it's so unbelievable that he knows all these, like, useless trivia. Yeah. And, like, cause, like, you know, you, if you watch Millionaire, like, you might not get the million dollar question, but, like, at least you'll get more questions right than you'll you get wrong yeah. it's because it's just, like, cultural osmosis. Uh, and, but I, I, agree with you that, like, I like that this movie is very, um, earnest and that, Jamal is just a kind of a normal guy in sort of this normal situation where suddenly all these things are kind of being like, um, feels like destiny or feels like they all kind of connect together. They tie together into this like huge thing for him. And I like that a lot. Um, And uh, I really do like that this is, I mean, I like that this is, it's like an old-fashioned kind of hero's journey type movie where, you know, we just have this hero who's just going through all these trials and tribulations and at the end he gets he gets the girl and, and the prize and, you know, everything. Um, so I, I do appreciate that part of it a lot. Um, I just, like, and I don't know, I was thinking today, I'm like, do I want them not to do the whole, like, investigation part of it and just have it be, like, it starts with him on the first question, and then each question is a memory. Or do you need that sort of external suspense plot to be like, you know, are they going to like arrest him or kick him off the show? Or I don't know. I don't know what serves the story better. I think to make it more mainstream, to make it more like mainstream, I guess you need the like police angle of it. Mm-hmm.
0: There, I also read some interview where Danny Boyle was saying that he intended all of the torture scenes to be comedic. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, yeah. And then I played so seriously for everyone. And I was like, okay. Oh, so he betrayed. like directed them
2: to be funny and
0: then that's how his mind. Oh, that's... No, he said that he directed <laughs> them to be funny. And then the he was shocked that audiences were treating them. So he kind of was like, I guess maybe like a dark crime, the way you would like bribe the police. It's like, yeah, you know how torture. I mean, I think yeah. his quote was something like, oh, yeah, torture is just normal in India. So that might also speak to his. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> not super nuanced perspective um so just a little more like background on this movie in particular it's actually based on a book uh called Q&A by Vikas Swarup I believe is his name an Indian author um who I think is also like a politician or something Indian civil servant
1: oh he's, um, a, he's a, a diplomat
0: yeah so it's interesting to then become a novelist. Anyway, the book's written by him. It's adapted by Simon Bufoy, whose big credit is um, for The Full Monty. I almost said Billy Elliot. All British movies are the same to me, I guess. His big About credit is... dancing
1: British yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: all, all dancing yeah. movies are the same. Uh, he does The Full Monty, and it's hit, the fact that he's writing the screenplay that gets Danny Boyle interested. Um. So they... You know, they do that classic thing where they're like, oh, we went to India for some research trips and we spoke to some people in the slums and now we're experts on this. Um, And then as you mentioned, Manish, uh, Lovely Tandon, if I'm saying her name correctly, was originally a casting director on this film, but she ends up becoming sort of a big creative force in it because she is working. She's helping them find the kids to play the younger version of the main cast. And then also doing a lot of translating, I think just both on set, but then specifically of the script, because she sort of pushes to make more of the movie in Hindi. I think it was all supposed to be in English originally. So she sort of is almost becomes like a screenwriter as well in the translation process and then winds up getting credited as a co-director in parentheses India, (laughs) which on the one hand, like it's nice that they sort of acknowledged her more than maybe they would have technically needed to do but then it Mm -hmm. did become weird because once the movie started to like win awards and stuff it was only danny boyle that was winning those awards so it was sort of like a i don't know strange half measure in that sense yeah yeah Yeah.
1: it's she's the second name in the or is she or maybe the third she comes up extremely early in the final credits and yet it's funny if you look at for instance the slumdog millionaire wikipedia page her name is not in the little box with all the mm-hmm. key yeah. casting. Cuz there's no there's you know you have a slot for based on and music by. You don't have yeah. a slot for assistant director India or Slash co-director India. Co- yeah.
0: Strange. That sometimes happens with Pixar too. There's like a director and a co-director. This happened with Soul. And like hmm. they were like, "Oh yeah, Kent Powers co-directed this." But actually he doesn't get an Oscar because co-director doesn't count. I don't, yeah, I don't real, know what the weird like rules EGA about this
2: or whatever guy
0: but it was always the kind of thing
2: where like i remember um uh some like this friend of mine um that was talking about some of in there how much he loved it and i was like yeah but it's made all by british people like it just doesn't feel authentic to me and she's like oh but did you know but she she like looked it up and she was like oh did you know that there's an indie woman who's a co-director and i'm like actually i didn't know because i never heard her name after mm-hmm. i saw the movie like you know you see the credit and then I don't I don't think I s I don't know she was at the Oscars. I mean I I should have watched the speeches or he credited her or he thanked her but it just didn't seem like there was much um credit given to her beyond, you know, I mean she had the credit, so I guess that's good, but like, you know, she wasn't there. and, like she's not Danny Bowl didn't like carry her over and choose other work or I don't yeah. feel like this movie really boosted her career in the way that it boosted his. Yeah, um, and actually, the, I have a whole thing about that when it comes to like the Patel too. Just like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was just it was just very. Um, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. Like a lot of the thing I read about the production of this movie, just felt like they did the bare minimum of like research and interviews. Um, I just spent a couple of weeks researching um, Nair Salam Bombay for mm-hmm. a piece that I was writing, and um, you should hear her talk about this movie. She's very. She calls Danny Boyle a friend, but she's very shady um, And <laughs> a friend of mine. obviously, Salam Bombay is a reference point for Danny Boyle. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a couple of shots that felt like like um inspired by Salon Bombay. But what she did is she basically moved into that into like the slums and these tenements and like, interviewed these kids and workshops with them like um got to know them just like found these stories like she found her story by by talking to people and just like actually being a part of it for like weeks and it was a very improvisational set for her and so um and in contrasting like the work and effort she put into it and then uh with i mean i don't want to again i don't want to discredit Whatever work they did do, you know, Simon before I did a boil Boyle. I'm sure they did what, at least, what they thought was enough. Um, and like I said, I like both of them, so I have nothing against them personally. But uh, just to compare that to what Mira Nair was doing on *Slum Bombay*, it just seems like she put in so much more like effort and work into mm-hmm. kind of making sure this like her movie honored the people uh, in it, and you know, she set up a foundation for. Um, not just the kids that were in her movie, but for all, like, anyone that could, I guess, have access to the foundation. And, you know, I I was reading on IMDb that there was, like, efforts to make sure that the young kids in in Slumdog were, you know, educated and had, like, better housing and uh, access to school and stuff. And that's all good, but, like, they said it was, like, up until they were 16. And I'm like, okay, but, like, that was, you know, five years ago, maybe? I mean, who knows? But, like, I just, I don't know, it felt like, not to compare too much to Mir Nair, because she's coming at this from a whole different place, but to me, the, the contrast of when a movie like this is made by someone of Indian descent and someone who is, like, really passionate about um, getting it right and being responsible about it versus, like... You know, my image of Danny Boyle and his whole team is that they just kind of came to India, did the work, and then kind of collected their laurels, and now, like, he doesn't make movies in India anymore. He's like, to the next He hasn't thing. cast Dead patel anymore. Like, Rita Pinto is not in any of movies anymore either, so, um, and I'm just, so it's just kind of like, I, don't, I always get feel really icky around, like, um, privileged filmmakers who make movies about marginalized communities, and they've kind of just been like, okay, bye, you know?
0: Yeah. Thanks. Well. And you, um, Ned, you were saying this before, but the there is the sequence where, his, where Jamal's mother is killed. Yeah. But it becomes this weird thing with the episodic structure of the movie. It does feel like this sort of visual tourism where it's like, here's a little sequence where a kid falls in poop. And that's funny. And here's yeah. a little sequence where a horrible, like, genocide takes place. And these two sequences are, like, given the same weight within the narrative. Right. And it's like, well, this is... I, what are we doing here? Like this is not these are not equivalent things. and and the choices it makes in in how it's balancing all those things, I will just point out when I was researching this, in addition to the Wikipedia page just for the film itself, there are separate Wiki- two separate Wikipedia yeah. <laughs> pages. One that is controversial issues surrounding Slumdog Millionaire, oh, and a whole it's... other page that's just reactions from India and the Indian diaspora to Slumdog Millionaire. So there wow. is, I think the questions we are asking, and as you raise, Manish, like the the desire to help these kids and how much was that followed through on, I think these are questions that many people asked at the time. And are probably still asking today. And, and even if those conversations were not as mainstream as something like the In the Heights conversation became, like, they were out there. Yeah, <laughs> Wikipedia yeah. is covering it in as many pages as they can. I mean, I definitely remember
2: this being, like, a hot rod issue. Um, is that the right phrase? <laughs> hot issue, yeah, I guess. Sure.
1: A lightning rod?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah lightning rod a issue, lightning. just, yeah. like, for, you know, South Asians. and Because there, I mean, I don't, like, um, there were definitely, like, Indian, like, celebrities or, you know, industrialists or rich people who were like, we love this movie. Like, it's so, it's it's it harkens back to 70s masala movies. And so, you know, whatever. And there were some that were like, um, you know, this movie shows Indians with poor light. It's so uh, degrading. It's humiliating. It's unrealistic. So I think definitely, like, there was this, um, you know, it's the kind of movie where I'm sure if you pulled, like, a dozen Indians, they would have very different, opinions about it and different takes on it so you know i don't want to say that this is a model like I, my opinion of me is not a, the model of the monolith opinion i'm mm-hmm. sure there are people who think i'm like dead wrong and being way too serious about it or um i'd appreciate it with my culture i'm sure there's someone out there but at the same time like you know these are questions that you know uh were these are questions that were addressed i think back then but also seems like the further we get away from, like, the box office smash hit era of Slumdog Millionaire, the more these questions become, like, louder for me because now it's, like, we have the distance. Um, and, you know, I ha- you know, I didn't remember enjoying Lion, which I know you guys are going to be talking mm-hmm. about in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and I remember being, like, oh, I like this movie much better than Slumdog Millionaire because I feel like it's less exploitative. But also, like, that was five years ago, so who knows what my opinions are on Lion now. Yeah. Mm. Um, and... Uh, but I also remember being really excited because I'm like, well, this is the one, like, um, this is where De Patel gets his Oscar nomination. So um, that was a huge thing for me. Because, I had, like, mm-hmm. very few South Asian actors get Oscar nominations. Um, and I definitely want to talk about, yeah, like, you know, acting nominations for movies like this. Um, especially when it comes to, like, Dan Patel and his career after.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. for sure. Like, you know, I said this was nominated for 10... 10- Oscars in won eight, but notably, it didn't get any nominations for acting, which I think yeah. is something that, that mm. this was a big conversation around the movie *Parasite* when that came out. Yeah, um, which was another big critical smash hit that won a whole bunch of Oscars but got no acting acting nominations. And I think, I think it's 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 notable how often it happens. Certainly, both *Slumdog* and *Parasite* are also ensemble movies, which I do think are sometimes a little bit harder to yeah. yeah award in the same way and that even though dev patel is very much of the the face of this movie rewatching it i was like oh he does actually have less screen time than i remember counterpoint you have people like judy dench who win oscars for literally like (laughs) basically one scene so that you know there's also a case for throwing that whole argument out the window but it does feel notable that this movie didn't for as acclaimed as it was and i think was certainly a breakthrough for you know frida pinto and unfortunately less so but certainly for dev at least eventually um, it does feel notable that it didn't get any acting nominations. Who
1: was, who, who, who were the nominees for best actor that year? Let's see. This is the Academy oh, Awards. Sean Penn,
2: oh. uh, Mickey Rourke.
1: Can uh, you just do this from memory?
2: No, I, I just remembered that Oscar race being very, uh, very tight between the two of them. Um, uh, Heath Ledger was a supporting actor. So I
0: don't oh, think Oh, and that. he might, yeah, mm. yeah. Um.
2: I don't remember. I know got Sean it Penn one. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, Sean Penn. Well, I was impressed
0: drawer. by how many you could just do. For <laughs> I know. I really, yeah. So
1: Sean Penn for Milk, Mickey Rourke for the Wrestler, Brad Pitt for The Curious Case of Benjamin oh, yeah. Button, sure. Frank Langella for Frost Nixon, or Richard Jenkins for the Visitor. I haven't seen Frost Nixon or the Visitor. I would certainly give. I would certainly slide Dev Patel in there over Brad Pitt for The Curious Case of Benjamin Button,
2: mm. particularly
1: because I love to see a newcomer. Yeah. just knocks it out of the park, right out of the gate, which I totally think Dev Patel is doing this and is totally essential to this movie working as well as it does. But I do
2: think that there was definitely, like, category of confusion, as you were saying, Caroline, because of, like, yeah. you know, he could be supporting or lead, um, and I think that sure. was a lot of, like, I mean, that was sort of the excuse with Parasite, too, with, like, Song Ho, <sighs> which is, like, where do we put it? And I'm like, I don't know, it's put them anywhere, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> that's the right, that's the right response.
0: Which I think does, does happen with white ensemble movies. They figure yeah. it out. Like, they it does feel comfortable that yeah, they they'll figure it out there and they won't yeah. take the effort for. Uh, or even like uh, Viola Davis, color. you know, when
2: she was in the writing for Fences, there was like, I remember like a two month period where everyone was like, we don't know where to put her. And I'm like, who cares? Right. It <laughs> doesn't like,
0: matter. <laughs> well maybe let's talk a little more about dev patel specifically yeah so this is his first movie which is wild but before this uh manish had already mentioned it he does skins which ned have you ever seen skins no okay so skins is like i would either describe it as like the british degrassi or the like late aughts euphoria It's like a teens Mm. doing sex and drugs and rock and roll, edgy, sort of dark comedy. Mm. I think nowadays, most remembered as like an incredible pool for talent. Like whoever the casting director was on Skins, it's like Nicholas Holt. um, Daniel Kaluuya has a small part. Obviously, Dev Patel. um, Like half, I feel like half the Game of Thrones cast came from Skins. (laughs) Like really a lot of talent came from that show. Um, And Dev gets cast in that because... Literally in just the newspaper, the like kind of free newspaper you can get on the, the tube in London or whatever. There's an ad in the back that's like looking for actors and Devin been doing acting. I mean, he's like 15 or 16 at this point and He'd been doing acting at school. And his mom was like, you should go in and audition for this. And as he says it in interviews, like it it was a weird thing for her to suggest he do because that was not usually sort of what she was pushing. And she yeah. almost didn't want to do it. And he had to take a day off school to do it and then winds up getting cast in this show that he's on for two seasons that's like a huge cultural sensation and um he gets cast in Slumdog or he at, l- at least gets an audition because Danny Danny Boyle was having trouble finding the right actor he wanted for the lead role and Danny Boyle's 17 year old daughter was like oh there's this great guy on Skins that you should check out and so that's how Dev first gets called into to Slumdog and you know goes through rounds of auditions and eventually gets the part but yeah it all comes back to to Skins were you are you a Skins fan Manish?
2: So I came to Skins late. Um, I had already seen Some of Millionaire when I watched uh, those two seasons Same of Skins. Um, because my way through Skins was embarrassingly enough Nicholas Holt. I mean, not embarrassing now, but embarrassing Yeah, I was going to
0: say then. not embarrassing at all. I mean, a decade ago
2: my interest in Nicholas Holt was that he was super hot um, and I had yeah. seen him in a single man. And he, I mean, that's the movie where he's like peak, you know, like, twink in uh, <laughs> a single So man. I was like, "Oh, this guy is in a really sexy show. I got to watch it." Um, and so, and then I was like, "Oh, Dev Patel. I remember him from *Slumdog Millionaire*. So it was this like weird thing, but you know, thinking about uh, both of them sort of in this like show together, and then having these like amazing careers. Like, I think like H- I was uh, prepared to like, kind of get mad, like, "Oh, Nicholas Hulk got a really like." It was a huge watchpad for him. But actually I feel like he also kind of struggled for a bit before yeah. I don't know, like I guess X Men or Mad Max, like that was his sort of like rebirth as like a
0: cool. He has kind of had a very after. strange career. Yeah.
2: Or maybe Warm of- Bodies even,
0: I guess that yeah. would
2: be the one. But um but yeah, so that that was my sort of thing into uh that. And I mean I thought he was you know, I mean I liked him in a Millionaire, so I was like I liked him in Skins too. But it was just the kind of thing where I'm like I t- I feel like he's kind of, not playing the same kind of role, but like, feeling, okay, like what can you do as in like, as like a real adult, you know, mm-hmm. like, is mm-hmm. this just like him being sort of like that gawky, kind of awkward um, teen thing? And then like, is he going to actually translate that into like a real kind of adult career? For
0: sure. And I feel like it took him
2: like, a number of years, I think, to get yeah. there. I mean, I think Lion really was kind of the the launchpad.
0: Yeah, it's something I'm really excited to track across the course of this series because I think it is just like a clear fact that actors of color are just given less opportunities when they have a big breakout role like this there is frequently not there are not follow-up opportunities for them I feel like you hear a lot of people talk about this it's like they have their big moment but is there is there then something to plug and play them into in a way that a white actor can have a breakout role, and it's like okay, here's your, here's your MCU you know, even like Alicia Vikander, it's like okay, here now yeah. you're Tomb Raider, and now you're doing this, and now you're yeah, doing this, yeah. and like we I'm have all these set them into roles an for you
2: right off mm-hmm. the bat, yeah. Because like I mean, Frida Pinto, I mean not to get too off track, but like watching her in this movie, I'm like, you know, she's a little green, you know, she's, I mean, the character is also kind of like flat, I and mean, she doesn't really do yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, there's potential there, and I was like, you know, she were a you know Alicia Kander or like a riley kia type or any of these types she could then like there was a way for her to sort of like have that one role that like really kind of shapes her career and kind of takes her off and i said I, I got really mad actually i'm like where yeah. is this frida Pinto? thing like she's so beautiful she's very just charismatic she just has those beautiful eyes that i'm just yeah, like i just want to she's look great at on that camera um and like i've I remember being really excited about her Planet of the Apes movie. I'm like, okay, maybe this will be the, like, this will be her, her thing, and then it'll take her to the mainstream. Um, same it. with the mortals too. I remember seeing that specifically, like, I gotta support my girl Frida. Um, both movies I like, but I'm like, they did nothing for her. And, uh, it's just like, it's just, it's frustrating because, um, I just feel like the cycle just kind of gets reinforced, you know, because, like, she doesn't get the opportunity, so she's not proving herself, and then she's not getting the, she's not getting the opportunities because she did prove herself, and, um, I mean, I, I just, like, uh, and I think same with De Patel, but I think it's a little easier just because he, he's, a, I guess, was known more as, a, as an actor when he did Slumdog, so he was able to, like, get in, like, smaller roles and, or, or, like, smaller movies, but because she was just, like, I mean, that was her first thing on camera ever, I think, right? So, she was in this kind of, kind of a role she where she's, a like, the, the pretty girl. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she's a model, right. So, it's harder for her to sort of break out, but um, I, I, I think with De Patel, the thing that I find really fascinating about him is that just how, just how versatile he is uh, and how much he is, like, willing to do, like, do different kinds of movies and you know, there's a way, I mean, there's a version where he gets put into, like, the MCU, not as, like, a main superhero, but, like, as, like, a henchman or as, like, a, you know, I mean, I hate to say like, tech person, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I mean, or you, even you think about somebody, like, you mentioned Riz Ahmed before, but sort of like, oh, I'm the, like, B-level villain in the Venom movie. Yeah, yeah, like is this, yeah, what we, exactly. this is not, we, Riz Ahmed can do more than play yeah, the villain yeah. in Venom. Yes. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and um, Dev Patel has talked about I'm sure we'll get into this more as our series goes on But he has certainly talked about this a lot himself About feeling like there were not as many opportunities after Slumdog And that he, you know, winds up doing something like The Newsroom The Aaron Sorkin HBO show he was on Where he was very much just kind of the tech guy I think he was sort of talking about how he felt his character did evolve a little bit I mean, The Newsroom is its own, like, wild (laughs) show we can discuss at some point But he, you know, he did kind of feel like I've got to just take what I what I what is o- available to me and try to do my best that I can within it uh, because maybe there are not as many opportunities although I th- and I think you're right Manish that in a way Frida Pinto is even more of an example of this than Dev is because Dev like is the exception that proves the rule that did kind of manage to have more yeah. of a career and Frida every time she popped like she was in that Mowgli movie that Andy Serkis directed in a very small role oh, and again yeah, I was yeah. like why are we not doing more with her yeah yeah she was in *Hillbilly Elegy*, arguably the best part of it, I would say. But again, why are we not doing more with this wonderful actress that's available to us? I yeah. sometimes
1: wonder. I mean, now we're we're getting even further off of from *Small okay. Dog to talk, which to to, to talk about uh, overall phenom- phenomena. We've talked in the past, Caroline, about the situation where an actor premieres in a role and you could say they almost play it too well or for whatever reason that, that that's not a real thing but for whatever reason the creative decision makers just sort of assume that actor is just that one yeah. thing and kind yeah. of always do that i was just having this conversation yesterday with someone about danny pooty from community where yeah. we think he played abed so exquisitely that his career has probably had the least uh the least progress since community out of anybody on that when arguably he's giving like a mind-blowingly good performance and we sort of said hey we're like well did he just play this kind of uh like extremely brainy sort of on the spectrum comic character so well that people just assume that's just him but i also think that is going to happen more frequently when you are talking about white producers trying to envision projects for actors of color they're just going to have because they have been steeped in a in a whole cinematic landscape where they're just used to only seeing i mean this is why the 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 idea of representation is not an abstract one because they're just going to say like i just don't see him i don't see him for this kind of thing and it's interesting to see like dev patel probably no longer suffers from that problem at least in anywhere near the same way but if we talk about him doing this performance that seemingly everybody saw and yet which didn't lead to many things immediately he had to Mm -hmm. then kind of work his way back up
0: yeah and you know it's interesting it's been a while since i've watched skins i was sort of watching some clips of it last night but I would. I do think his performance in Slubdog Dog is significantly better than his performance in Skins. Like he, he. It's funny to watch interviews with him making fun of himself on Skins because that was a show where he's like, I had never been in front of a camera before. I didn't know what it meant when they were like speeding, rolling. I only knew what it meant when they said action. And he describes his character on Skins as a as a horny chihuahua, and it's a very sort of like broad performance that fits within that. What am I trying to say? That fits within that character description. Um, and I actually think, it, after watching some of those clips, you know, it's a fun performance. It fits within yeah. the tone of the show. But then going into Slumdog, I was like, oh, this is much more restrained. It's He does such interesting things with his eyes in Slumdog. Like, his eyes really dart around when he's trying to think of an answer to a question. And I'm like, that's yeah. such an interesting... Like, I don't even know quite how you do that as an actor. Like, do you consciously think to yourself, I'd like my eyes to dart around in the scene? Or is yeah, that just a yeah. natural instinct he has? Like, he has, he has these little mannerisms that are just so human and realistic and it really like anchors for for as relatively little screen time as he has in Slumdog like that really it just makes you get so invested in him as a character I think all of his little mannerisms. Yeah I mean
2: I, I feel like Slumdog Millionaire is one of those movies that I don't think people pay attention to the acting mm-hmm. and obviously mm-hmm. they didn't because I mean I know it's they got Screen Anything. Actors Guild and stuff but um you know I, I think like it's because he's such an ingenue. I mean, I don't know what the male version of an ingenue is. I think it's Nobody. still an ingenue, but like, he's such an ingenue. He's such a, like, um, I don't want to say cipher, but just like the kind of, I mean, he's a very earnest, like, heroic type and very just like, I, I think, um, his choices as an actor kind of get overlooked because of, um, it's such a, like, good hearted, kind of earnest role and he's so, I mean, He's so young and he's so just like, mm-hmm. um, he's, it's not that it's a passive character, but he's also more of a, like an observational character. He's more of a, you know, he's the more of a guy that's just kind of like, you know, all these things are happening to him. And, uh, so I don't think people really pay attention to the acting, but I totally agree with you. I think his performance is really, um, really strong. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, he had a little bit of a, like a, um, uh, more, like, sarcastic streak than I remember. Yeah. Especially when he's dealing with, um, you know, with, with the investigators and when he's um, just being very uh, in or with, uh, with the game show host. Like, there's such a, um, there's just, like, more of a personality than I remember. I remember it being a very much, like, not a bland performance, but just one where it's, like, straightforward. And mm-hmm. he's always so earnest and so, like, um, innocent, but he is that. But he's also a little bit sarcastic and a little bit more wry than uh, I think gets credit for. And I think he does so much to sort of build a character that could seem very flat and like a less interesting actor. But here, I think he just is able to, in some ways, like he taps into sort of the like, comedic stuff that he was doing on Skins, mm-hmm. and um, and now seeing him do comedies, you know, like like Mary Go Hotel movies and. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen David Copperfield, but I imagine it's more comedic. Uh, yeah, it's just like, he's really doing a lot, and he is so, just so charismatic on screen, but everything feels like such a choice with his performance, and not like just happenstance, or... You know, he's not playing himself, I guess is what I'm
1: trying to say. Yeah. yeah. I think it's easy to mistake it for that because it is a person who, you know, as you say, is a little bit sort of like along for the ride.
2: Yeah. And
1: uh, and it's a lot of people like telling him where to go, what to do, asking him questions. So there is, you say, sort of a passivity to his role. But I also just love noting the way that he, the kind of evolution of his um demeanor in the game show studio from his very first question where he's like he's like a deer in headlights yeah. Like he just can't he can't stop like looking around at like the lights in the audience and he's like barely focusing on what anil kapoor is saying to him to where he like settles in and starts having the ability to joke more and sort of uh toss in comebacks and then that scene where what was this time my favorite sequence of the movie where uh, Anil Kapoor in the bathroom, like you know, writes the letter B mm-hmm. on the mirror to say, like, answer this question with B. Yeah, and he has to go back in, and it's this kind of uh, he does this fifty fifty, and it becomes this like Princess Bride situation of like, what do I think? Yeah, I don't. It's because it, it's it's the one of the questions that he has no particular memory associated with but he has to decide what do i think of you are you more likely to give me the right answer or the wrong answer and do it based on that and uh he he intuits that it is the wrong answer he goes with the other one and neil kapoor's reaction to that is hysterical and great and then
0: he does have so many good moments where you can tell he hates Jamal so yes. much, but he has to sell it to the audience. Like, I'm so proud of you for yeah, doing
1: so well. exactly. <laughs> Terrific character performance, but just this little smile that Dev Patel does after that, just looking at him, like, "Yeah, dude, I fucking got you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going on, it's just delicious. It's it's really fun to, to see. It shows
2: that he has like more uh, like gumption and street smarts for being the like quote unquote good brother who like didn't go into crime or like the. Uh, the stick one, the non-rapist one. <laughs> like, Yeah. He, yeah, he, totally yeah but he, he has that edge to him. And I think Deb Patel really mm-hmm. brings that out in moments like that. And also just like the way he's so um, like, like at the end when he's like, I don't know the answer. Like there's, it's not just like, he's like resigned and like sad about it. He's just kind of like, isn't this funny? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's such that this, whole like, scene. And then when laughs. she
0: says she doesn't know either, that part works so well. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because that that moment it really, it's it's all these like heroic beats in the movie that really only work because he pulls off being yeah, yeah. so charming, so likable, so such a such a person you want to root for. And the, yeah, in that moment when you're like, oh, it doesn't even matter if he gets the money, right, you know, yeah, he's yeah. finally connected with uh, with Latika, and it's it's you know, I ha- I he doesn't ask, care.
2: I have to ask, did you guys? Uh... I didn't remember this from from when I saw it, even from when I saw it last year, but like I fully expected her to know the answer and to get, and that was how he wins. Did you guys expect that or remember
0: that or? Uh... I weird, the like the, the only things I remember about this movie, I remembered the poop scene and I remembered that she didn't know the answer. Somehow oh, okay. those were the only two oh. things that yeah. stuck with me, but I like I really had forgotten how much of the first half is a brother story. Either. Yeah, yeah. Like the, it's weird what things you remember about a movie and what things you don't. So that part I weirdly did remember. What about you, Ned?
1: I'm with you, Manish. I, I thought she was going to... I thought the secret was because she was the third musketeer, that she's like, oh, yeah, I always loved the three musketeers. It's,
2: yeah, yeah. But
1: but it is kind of... I like that she's like, she doesn't know and he doesn't know, and
2: they're both just okay not knowing. Like I laughing about it. I think that's so charming. To me, that sells the romance more than anything else. That's this yeah. we did.
0: Yeah. Well, this movie is so archetypal, and yes. you both hinted on this before, but there is, like, there are barely characters. Like, the the characters they're playing are not really characters, and there's even a part where he, it's like, the, I think it's the first time we actually see Dev Patel and Frida Pinto together. We've only seen the younger actors playing them together. It's like their first scene, and he's like, well, we're in love with each other. We're in love, and I'm like, are you? You've never spoken as adults? Like, the assumption you have, you're in love, you really have to just, the movie's just operating on a different level beyond realism there. Yeah, like, it's this yeah. very either old fashioned mythic or even just like 1940s, like romantic melodrama. And I think Mm -hmm. Dev Patel's performance, maybe more than anything is key to selling that where, like you said, Ned, you just root for him. Like you are just all in on rooting for this kid. And then you also really believe that even if it's not logical that he thinks they're in love, you're like, he believes that and they should be in love. Like he, this is not a, this is not some sort of like skeevy trick he's pulling. Like this is an earnestness he feels in his core and, and, like, I think that that earnestness that Dev Patel has is, like, maybe his most compelling quality as an actor. Or, or directors at least could use that really well when when they cast him in certain yeah, ways. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I'm really curious to see um, him in The Green Knight just because it feels so different than mm-hmm. anything he's done before. I mean, he, I would say even in Lion, like, I remember there was definitely this kind of, like, anger edge to it that... um Felt very different uh, from the sort of like earnest, kind of wide eyed, innocent guy that he was. I'm used to seeing him play. Um, and I think it's funny that that's what makes him a, a sex symbol <laughs> and gets a Oscar yeah. nomination is <laughs> that, like, that sort of like fire. I mean, I'm really curious to see how Lion holds up. Maybe I'll watch it uh, when you guys do it because yeah uh, I have such fond memories of that movie, but I'm like afraid that it's going to not hold up. <laughs>
0: yeah no I'll be curious I remember really liking it when I first saw it so I'll be curious to revisit too um there's a little part in the in the jiho dance which I am not like as a whole I don't know if I particularly love it, but there's just one little shot where it's just him and Frida standing there and he kind of kicks his leg up at her and yeah. what feels like a very just like oh they just did that on set
2: yeah. it's so
0: freaking charming and I, and yeah I really. Like, just that one little shot. I'm like, yes, this is, like, Dev Patel's energy. Like, I'm trying to be cool and do a pose, but I'm doing a kind of thing that mostly looks nerdy, but that's yeah, yeah, more totally. charming than me trying to be cool. Yeah,
2: totally. I think that's, that sounds very, like, natural.
0: Yeah. And they also, I had completely forgotten that they dated for a long time after this movie. Oh my the two gosh. of them. Yeah,
1: me too. But the actress did. Oh. Yeah, yeah,
0: Frida and Dev. I think I, I must have known that at the time, but I was like, whoa, that... that and they did it for a like long a, time. Too. Yeah, like, yeah, many years. That was a blast from the past reading that, and when the Paper Planes, the M.I.A. song <laughs> came back, that was also, I was like, whoa, I am transported back to 2008 I for such completely an forgotten MIA fan. about that song. This oh was God. like
1: how Paper Planes arrived in the mainstream, right? Yeah. Was it this movie? I totally yeah, had not connected it to M.I.A. To Mia's career,
2: but it yeah. must be. I surprisingly, I remembered every line from *Paper Planes*. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I've not heard it in fifteen years or ten years, but I remembered every single line.
1: Yeah, that's that um, summer. I must have heard it a hundred thousand yeah, times. Yeah. It was it was huge.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Something, Manish. Something I want to ask you about because I think this movie, at least in in the interviews and stuff for this movie, Danny Boyle and the crew, they talked about a lot about how they were sort of trying to homage Bollywood movies and Indian cinema in general. And yeah. Ned, unless you have a secret deep cut knowledge of Bollywood, I'm gonna guess Manish is more of an expert <laughs> than we are in this topic based on his Twitter feed. Um. So I'm curious, Manish, how do you feel like this movie relates sort of to this Bollywood cinema? Like, is it in an interesting conversation with that? Or is that sort of just a thing they said and it doesn't feel that meaningful?
2: Uh, no, I, I I think it's a little bit of both. Um. You know, my like when, in reading those interviews of, like, the reference points that they, that they had, like, um, I think a movie that they, I read a lot about is this really classic 70s movie, Bivar, which stars Amitabh Bachchan. And that's also about um, two brothers on sort of opposite sides of the law and how they kind of grow up and, you know, they kind of struggle between their allegiance to each other and their allegiance to their respective, you know, sides of the law. And I can definitely see that there, um, in some here in Sumna Millionaire. And um and you know, they were talking about a lot they wanted they wanted this to be like this like seventies kind of Bollywood, um a solid movie, which is like um it's a genre within Bollywood where it's just like a lot of action, comedy, romance, music, just kind of like everything all in one movie. Um, with the goal of being like maximum enter- entertainment, so that like if you're spending three hours at a movie, you get everything, every movie, you can, every genre of the movie you can see. Um, and partially so that you, you feel like you spent your money well on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, worth the price of admission. Uh, so I, I think they tried to capture that, and I feel like it was a very earnest thing, but. I've been also wondering, like, how much research do they actually do? Like, again, yeah. I'm like, why wasn't there an Indian screenwriter brought along, you know, yeah. as a co-writer? Um, why wasn't there, like, an Indian cinematographer or editor? I mean, they got an Indian composer, A.R. Rahman, and that's great, and, yeah. but even A.R. Rahman is a more experimental as a composer than those movies were. Uh, I mean, just different. I mean, A.R. Rahman came up in the 90s, almost 20 years after, you know, the style of movie that they're trying to do, so... It's just like, I, so it's like, I want to give them credit and give them the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt just be like, they just didn't know. And it's hard to capture the spirit of something when you don't have an intense familiarity with it. Um, and so it's just, it's like, I don't, I really don't want to keep dragging the filmmakers because like, mm-hmm. I want to say, I want to, you know, I want to believe that they were very genuine in making this movie that they did the best that they could or like up to their capacity. Um, but I think that it was just like, I think they meant to sort of pay homage to that style of filmmaking. And I think they tried to do it, but I'm also wondering like, but when I watch J-Ho, I'm wondering like, this just feels like a poor imitation of a Bollywood dance number. Like the choreography, this doesn't feel right. The costumes don't feel right. Um, the only thing that feels right is that it takes place at a train station. I mean, that's a great place for a Bollywood dance number. Mm-hmm.
1: And it feels even, a little lazy. I, even just without that expertise, I'm like the way that this is like cut together. Yeah, and the, don't and the editing feels really are.
2: off too. Like yeah. I mean it's kind of the thing where like they don't really show much of the choreography and partially because, you know, Dev and Town people probably aren't that good dancers. Like no. they um, they didn't grow up in Dev especially. Yeah, but I would I say mean, he's not a great dancer. Kid, you know? <laughs> I feel like he's a good dancer now, that he's, like, he's mature.
1: got a lot of limbs.
2: Sure. Like, they didn't grow up in that tradition either. I mean, yeah. I don't know what Be'er Patel's feelings are about, sort of, like, mainstream Bollywood movies. Um, but, like, he, you know, he grew up in England, and I'm sure he watched them, but, like, he didn't, like, he didn't learn that style of acting, that like, like, how to dance like a Bollywood hero, um, and whatever training they did. I mean, I think even the choreographer was the editor, right? Or... Oh, no, the editor was, um, okay, I read that they had a different song for that sequence, and the editor yeah, then had that to re- re-edit the dancing to fit the song, J-Ho, instead of the song they originally had, which I think is hilarious. Um, that
1: makes sense. That that could, That supports my impression that I'm like, this just feels like the way that it's like individual moves, not like a series of sequence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's so interesting.
2: So, I was like, who was a choreographer? Like, there's so many brilliant Indian choreographers. Like, mm-hmm. I just wish that there was more of an effort to bring in people who actually like, work in this, rather than trying like, to me, it would be like if, um, you know, some American director were like, hey, let me just try to make a Korean gangster movie or something. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm sure American directors have done that poorly yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, you're not, like, you're not bringing in the people who could support you in doing this. Yeah. So, everything just feels like, you know, like, they just had to put in a bottle of dance hour because it's a movie that tastes based in India. Like, um, yeah, that makes sense to me. But then, like, bring in an Indian um, bring in, like, um, a song that actually, like, the song they originally picked is, um, it's placed in the movie earlier, but it's just like a Bollywood song that, like, you know, I know from when that movie came out. Like, it was popular at the time. Ajki Ra, Nudan. From the movie Dawn, which also stars in Mithabajan, also from the 70s era. So I'm like, just, you know, either use that song or have your composer make a song like that so that, like, it fits the actual, what you're trying to do. It just feels like, This feels like a lot of what they're a lot of elements that they want to bring in, but without Mm -hmm. actually pointing any like heart or research or like another professional to like do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of charming Dev Patel interview moments, there was, I was watching one interview where they were just like, so you think you still know the Jai Ho dance? And he was like, "Kill me now." Like, <laughs> the sense, that, and then he was say he was joking. He was like, "Oh yeah, I can't go to Indian weddings because as soon as I walk in, the DJ's like, oh, I know what I'm going to play oh, now that you're here.'" And That's... he was very funny and like self-effacing yeah, about it. I'm but I'm it so was so embarrassed that that happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> was guy. very funny. It was very funny to see him react to that,
1: particularly now that we know that he didn't actually learn a dance to Jai Ho.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <He danced laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. How do okay so how do we feel maybe the only other major thing we haven't touched on is the brother relationship in this movie which i'm also curious i don't know ned if you want to kick us off like how you think that works because i i kind of mentioned this before but it feels like the first half is so in on the brother relationship and that really gets lost in the second half and like sto- narrative wise that was maybe my biggest like i don't know yeah, question only, mark of the film
1: not only is it so focused on the brother relationship but it's almost for the in the childhood stuff maybe just because of big brother dynamics that like salim is like sort of the main character through a lot of it like he's Mm -hmm. in all these scenes that certainly uh, drives way more of the action way more of the action forward in the in those first third it's interesting it's interesting how troubled that relationship is i don't know how much the resolution of it works for me and that you never really get a, a sort of final moment actually between the two of them. Yeah, I, it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag for me. I mean, I I think all the acting in this is is pretty solid, or at least getting the getting the mm-hmm. job done in ter- as as insofar as what the script and style demand. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about that that brother relationship. It's it's interesting how constantly fraught it is, and how. Actually, like, their scenes of antagonism vastly outnumber their scenes of Mm -hmm. sort of uh, solidarity and togetherness. And Salim's
0: definitely not a good guy. Like, it's interesting how much the movie is sort of like, what is his morality when it really is 80% of the time he's just like, even from childhood, like, just not nice. Just like doing a dick move.
1: Yeah, it's troubling to me to watch these hostile brother relationships. Um it just it just it just i don't know worms around in me i i have one i have one brother and uh i love him very much but i you know <laughs> you know i want to be a good brother i don't know i so so i always find those are sort of difficult to watch and this one is this one is a lot of antagonism
0: did you have strong thoughts one way or the other manish um i i
2: i t- i tend to agree um i felt like the lack of resolution was something of a misstep for me uh and I think that it, their relationship was more engaging when they were kids, yeah. Um, and sort of like surviving the kids are good together. In this film yeah, too. the kids are great in the movie. Really um, good, yeah, uh, especially um, that little girl who plays the Guy is so endearing. I just, I'm so like, I just want to protect her. Um, and yeah, make sure that she's happy and has all the toys she wants. <laughs> uh, but um, I, it's more interesting to me when they're kids, and then as they get older, and they get further and further apart from each other, then it just doesn't, like, I feel like, I feel like there's something building, but there's no climax to it. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, just, yeah, yeah. it just feels kind of like a, an empty, uh, an open thread that just needed some kind of resolution, and I feel like there really wasn't one, and... I'm kind of, I get, le- I get less interested when she's sort of being like, a lot of the guys being kind of like tossed between the two and mm-hmm. stuff. Cause I'm like, it just puts her into this victim role that I don't find that interesting. And I don't find it interesting that, you know, he's antagonizing her as well. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I I'm, i in some ways, I'm kind of the opposite with that. Like, I like, you know, seeing this brother relationship in theory, be like where they're just on opposite sides of this conflict and Mm -hmm. they have to reconcile their brotherly relationship with sort of their duties to, I don't know, crime bosses or whatever. So I I can appreciate that in theory in the abstract, but the way that it's executed, it just seems like the filmmakers were more interested in the love story and I think that's probably the way to go, but then they just also forgot that they have this other subplot that has no resolution. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because it almost feels like the... You know, certainly the resolution of this in terms of Salim killing himself sort of simultaneously while, while Jamal is winning and yeah. reuniting with his love. It, that's all the archetypal stuff that yeah. all it does sort of all feel the same. But what feels different to me is the part where they're kids and we're just like hanging out with them on a train and we're seeing their little, you know, honestly, very clever little scams that they managed to pull together. And I yeah. almost wonder if that's where the sort of co-director thing because hmm. she was, like, writing a lot of that dialogue, I wonder if she was actually writing a slightly more nuanced story than yeah. the movie was capable of telling when it then switched to the English, more even more so Danny Boyle-driven stuff. Wow. But I, but I almost, I mean, this is me 100% speculating, so that might not be true at all, but I almost, like, want to see the rest of the movie, the rest of the more nuanced movie that the, the younger kid brother stuff sets up. Yeah. Even though I enjoy the archetypal movie at the end, it's like I almost want these to be two separate movies so that I could yeah, enjoy them. I mean, both. Not to bring this up again,
2: but Salaam Bombay is pretty much that, you know, like and I think um Lovely and Themden, I, I I I think your speculation is probably more accurate than not, just because, you know, she's the one that's bringing in the, the Hindi dialogue and she's the one that's casting the kids and working with them then. I'm sure she developed, you know that part of the movie to be a little bit more nuanced um, and because I, I, I like the parts of the yeah, when they're doing this game at the Taj Mahal and stuff that that's yeah, fun to watch funny. because it's like, yeah, they're, like, scamming people, but it's kind of in, like, a, not a harmless, cute way. For sure, for and It shows yeah. cleverness, it shows gumption, it shows... And they're
0: scamming pretty stupid and entitled people, which makes yeah, it a always, very satisfying little hustle. I mean,
2: I love seeing American tourists or, like, Brit- <laughs> like Western tourists <laughs> in Indian movies like that, because I'm, like, it's so... I mean, unfortunately, I was probably a tourist like that, too, when I went to the Daj Mahal, I just believed everything that I was being told. Um, uh, but I was just, yeah, I think it's really... Um, it's so much more like fun to watch them as kids and sort of having that relationship. And when it gets into the whole architect thing, I, I agree that it just kind of loses some of that specificity and it just becomes more like, okay, we've, we've seen this.
0: I saw some review compare this movie to Forrest Gump, hmm. and I actually think that's such an accurate comparison because that's another yeah. movie where it's like, undeniably, there's an emotional pull of that movie that works. On the other hand, there's also a part of that movie that is just corny as hell and, like, not nuanced and... Sickening. and Yeah, sickening. Yeah, and it's sort of all happening at once, and it's hard to just sum up your... Like, what's your one thought on Forrest Gump? And I sort of feel similarly with Slumdog. I'm like, yeah. I can't deny that parts of this movie work, but I don't think it entirely works, and I I honestly don't quite know what to make of it as a whole.
1: And you yeah. have this, like, it's it's at the end... It's actually not so much the details as the uh, the feeling of this sort of uh, lifetime long adventure that has these that had yeah. all this yeah. aspect of destiny, and it does. Yeah, it does leave you feeling. Does leave you feeling? I mean, the what did the poster for Slumdog Millionaire say? Feel saying? good was
0: movie of oh the dead. Oh my Death god, that poster so says with the confetti and that hot yeah. Oh my god. To be fair, even Danny Boyle, his quote, he was like. This movie's actually kind of dark, and you guys made it look like Mamma Mia, and that probably isn't how it should have been marketed. So at least Danny Boyle had the presence of mind to be like, this was not what this should have been marketed as. (laughs) Um, Okay, as we're wrapping up here, are there any other little Dev Patel moments in this movie that we want to shout out? The one that, that sprung to mind for me was when he shows up at is Living with this, like, gangster. Yeah, yeah. Just and he has to get too. in and, yeah, and they're like, oh, we're waiting for a dishwasher delivery. And he's like, I'm your dishwasher. Yeah. And he does this little, <laughs> almost like, that was a very Skins moment of, like, I'm doing some comedy. And yeah, I'm going to yeah. move my, I'm, this is a podcast and no one can see me, kind of, like, shaking his shoulders. And I, I enjoyed a little old school Goofy Dev right there. Yeah,
2: for me, I think, like, one of the more, I, like, if this movie has any like, iconic, sort of moments or shots It's when you know when he sees her at the train station with the Mm -hmm. train I mean they they show that a couple times It's like all over the trailer so maybe it's not so much iconic which is I've seen a lot but I think his face just has this like so much hope and love and as you we were saying earlier, of how much she sells the love story just because, like, yeah, they don't actually don't know each other as adults. I just didn't put that together. <laughs> um, and they're all like together. But you don't need there to, Like,
0: they sell it so well. They sell it, sells so it so well. well.
2: And uh, he especially just has this, like, he just, I mean, I guess he was falling in love with her on set, but, like, he just has yeah, this true. look of, like, I'm just so in love with this woman. And I just, seeing her just kind of, like, lights me up from the inside. And so to me, like, that's, like, The one thing where it just feels like I can really get on board with the emotional part of this movie and this love story, which I find to be objectively lacking, uh, but subjectively in the moment is being like, you get swept up in it. And a lot of it has to do with with him and with her, but mostly with the way he looks at her.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I like literally got emotional when you just said he was actually falling in love with her on set. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, he was falling in love with her. Wow. Um, Ned, any, any standout? I mean stand-up moments in general, stand up dev moments.
1: I mentioned my favorite, uh being his little smile little after smile. he after he sees through Anil Kapoor's ruse. But anytime he laughs on the set of Who Wants to be a Millionaire. Yeah.
0: yeah. His growing confidence as the competition goes yes. on and Love like, it. haha, I'm laughing at you. Love yeah. It. That's all great. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was the perfect conversation to kick off this mini series because what we're gonna be doing for the rest of it is tracing, you know, what happened to Dev after Slumdog his his Peaks and Valleys, and um, unfortunately for Dev, his next film was definitely (laughs) a valley, but we're going to be covering it, uh, disliked by millions of animation fans everywhere. It is his role as Prince Zuko in M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender, which I think was, you know, Hollywood's attempt to do something with Dev, Hollywood's attempt to do something with Avatar, (laughs) that I don't think anyone was happy with I am not an avatar aficionado but thankfully Ned is so the avatar fans will be <laughs> a
1: huge one yeah
0: well represented Can't wait to hear this. Yeah. I am I will be fascinated to dig into that all it's a disliked movie but I think if there's one thing people generally like from it it is dev so we can explore what it's like to give a, a maybe good performance within a bad movie um, but Manish, we cannot thank you enough for joining us. This you are so key to having this conversation. Um, where can our listeners find you online, and and what would you like to to plug for them to check out? Yeah, well, first of all, thank
2: you so much for for the invitation. I'm so excited to be here. I really am enjoying the podcast a lot and enjoying all your work. Um, and uh, you know, I love De Patel, and not even just as an actor, but like I said, like just his like place as a South Asian celebrity. Like he's you know, he's like the Naveen Andrews of of our time.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's which also bring Naveen Andrews back. They We're doing I mean, more he's... with him right now. Yeah, they should really
2: be together where they're just hot. Ooh, um, I yes, don't think be, I don't think we could handle it, but should it um, should <laughs> happen.
0: Their their hair, like The, hair like, like, alone, the budget yeah. for their hair care would be overwhelming. <laughs> oh,
2: Wow. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the themanish89. T H E M A N I S H eight nine um, also, I host uh, two podcasts, one "In Hot To Be You, uh, which is about romance movies. Um, uh, Caroline was on it uh, a year ago That's talking about fun. The wedding Singer. A great episode. Nan, um, i got to get you on it as well. Oh, um, I'd love to great. have you. Um, and also, I co-host Queer Now with my friend Dave Giannini. We talk about queer movies, tracking them decade by decade, and we kind of pick a movie from every year and just kind of talk about... The film, the context of it, um, what other queer movies came out, and whether, you know, how they kind of hold out as queer, in in sort of as queer texts, I guess, so... That's And then I'm kind of writing all over the place. Um, I recently wrote an article for the British Film Institute on Salon Bombay, which is why I brought it up so much. And why <laughs> I want to talk about Salon Millionaire is because <laughs> the two of those films, I think, are connected in so many ways. Um, so you can find that. On, that's with the Blu-ray of Salon Bombay. So you got to
0: check that out. I was going to say, it's a, it's a great piece, and we'll link to it in our show notes for yeah, yeah, people that want to check that
2: out. Um, and, yeah, so that's pretty much where you can find me. Thanks again. And
0: I will say, I said this before, but Manish is a great Twitter follow. I w- Amongst your love for many things, including Ang Lee, including other things that I'm not remembering. You have such a love of Bollywood that I feel like has educated me so much. Like, I love seeing, I'm like, okay, this is like my list of films I need to check out. Whatever you're tweeting about. Yeah. Know oh, like, thank you. That's so nice. Are going to be good ones. So definitely follow for those things. Um... Yeah, I guess that's it. Ned, is there anything else I'm forgetting that we do on this podcast? I've, look, look, we haven't hosted a miniseries in a while. I'm getting back into the driver's seat.
1: I have no insights to offer you <laughs> all.
0: <laughs> all right, great. On that note, Roll Calling is produced and recorded by us, Caroline Sita and Ned Baker. Our theme music was created by Patrick Buddy and our logo was designed by Nick Wanserski. You can follow us on Twitter at calling. Or email us, rollcalling at gmail.com. That's R-O-L-E. You can also leave us a rating or review on wherever you listen to this podcast. Probably on Apple, I think, is the easiest place to do that. But anywhere you want to rate us and review us, we would appreciate it. Next week, we will continue our tour through Dev Patel's career with The Last Airbender. Until then.
1: Don't choose answer B.